from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in and listening or listening again. This is episode number 221, Call to Reason. The sign near the end of the line is America done. I wanted to pose this question just as it's stated because, you know, it it could be considered a trick question. I'm going to fess up. I'm going to tell you that right now, because as far as I can tell, it's loaded in that there seems to be two very, very different opinions on this, which is what most people feel right now. So, as sad as that is, there is um, roughly, you know, half of these people that are saying that's it. America's pretty much done as far as they're concerned. Stick a fork in it because it's done. And, of course, there is the other half that are more optimistic, let's say. And they'll say, well, yeah, we we got a bunch of problems, but... You know, just as always, we we get through it somehow. We we persevere. Life goes on, and you know we'll be we'll be back in the saddle again, as they say. Um, you know, I don't know. I think I'm a bit more with the former myself than the latter. But the thing is, <clears throat> when you put all this together. And I don't, I don't feel there's any necessity of going into do any current news stories, any of that shit, because you hear it practically whether you want to or not. You hear it day in and day out anyway. So, you know, there's no really no point as far as I'm concerned to talk about this thing or that thing. Um, pretty much the general you know the general shtick of everything that i get is that things are just bad and getting worse and going to hell in a handbasket <coughs> but uh like i said earlier there seem to be two very different you know points of view on this is what i have gathered but here is what i consider be uh, to be uh perhaps what's even more important than these two very divergent ideas or opinions is that you see in either case of either one of those opinions then there is a strategy there's a strategy for your happiness for your survival actually if you want to call it that by default i mean uh, the one that believes that, as far as I'm concerned, subscribes to the notion that, yeah, 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 no big deal, we've been through this before, 
yeah, it's kind of rotten. It sucks right now, but you know, we're going to get out of it. It's going to get better. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a strategy. I guess you could call it that. Uh, to me, it's not much of one, <clears throat> but you want to call it that. Um, then of course the opposite of what I was talking about. The opposite of that is, um, the much more pessimistic point of view. But be that the case, I think it's pretty self-evident that if you're going with option one, well, then, you know, by definition, that pretty much means that you, uh, you don't do very much. You're pretty much eking along. You're living your life and it's not much there that you plan on changing. You're just going with the flow. And so there's not a whole hell of a lot in that case that I could say. If, on the other hand, you're in the other camp, well, then there, there is some, some things I definitely can say. It sounds to me as though those in the latter camp, um, at least I'll say they seem to fall more into alignment with my thinking which is basically, for lack of a better term right now, better to be safe than sorry. And so, that's where I'm coming from on this primarily. Because, you know, the first one, it's there's not much there really to go into. Um, and no matter who tells you anything, no matter who tries to, you know, reason with you, um, hey, you know, you better take care of this. You better take care of that. You better, you know, you better batten down the hatches if they were an experienced sea person on a ship full of novices and they all just laughed and kept on partying. Well, then I think the experienced sea person would know what the hell is going to happen more than likely or very most likely going to happen. And so they in turn would be prepared you know, either they're going to be when the ship begins to collapse <clears throat> in the coming storm, they're going to either be one of the first in a life uh, boat or um, just, you know, they may say the hell with these idiots and crank down a boat themselves, get some provisions while they can and start rowing away from the storm as fast as they can. And that's that's more more or less analogous to what I wanted to bring up about this because your survival and the survival of your family can depend on it. And we're not, you know, I'm not talking about weathering a financial crisis per se, you know, involving your finances. As a matter of fact, <clears throat> when things get really bad, your finances can often be one of the very last things that you're going to have to worry about. And so what I feel is the real question here is how much interest do you have <clears throat> in 
getting the hell out of this sinking ship and everything involved with that. I mean, I'm asking you that, you know, if if I had a crystal ball, I'm just telling you if I said, yep, in or round or clear or on this date, everything is really going to get unimaginably ugly and crazy and all kinds of shit, which will include martial law. And it will. And if you've learned anything from history, and I mean pretty recent history, um, things if things get out of order in a city of any size, they, um, they most definitely do declare curfews. You know, as soon as they feel as though the police can't handle it. Matter of fact, today they're quite proactive. They don't even they don't even let, you know, mob disturbances get to the point of overwhelming the police. Which, by the way, um, ironically, they are already very <clears throat> militarized. The police are very militarized now, so that's how that's how bad things have cranked up. And uh, so, yeah, the cops now, by comparison, look like, you know, uh, robo stormtroopers or something with this gear compared to 20, 30 years ago. And so even before, I mean, if it's over, going to be overwhelming to the cops, then they will call in the National Guard and... They'll just keep ratcheting up the suppression until they have to start shooting. And maybe they'll start with tear gas and maybe then go to rubber bullets and then maybe the real thing. Until, and the point of this is trying to send you a message. And the message is, are you fucking listening to us? Submit to what we tell you to do en masse. If we tell you to shut up and go home and be peaceable, that's what we mean. No ifs, ands, buts, debates. No no more screaming, my screaming women, those high-pitched voices by the hundreds with your stupid signs when they get fed up because you're disrupting commerce and in case you haven't noticed this commerce and making money and the exchange of things that is the absolute god of this country and if you do anything and i mean anything long term more than a few days a week or two to interfere with that, they will take greater and greater measures to put your consumerist ass back in line. Do you want to know what they're going to treat you like? I'll give you a visual. I'll give you an analogy. Now, you know that you can have uh, hundreds, maybe even thousands of um, cattle 
that are grazing. But for whatever reason, that's how the word came about. Um, if something, you know, spooks them enough, then <clears throat> you can have a stampede on your hands. And when you're trying to uh, move cattle, you don't want a stampede. That's just uncontrolled mayhem. You don't want that when you are in the cattle business. You want them uh, to kind of, you know, move along. You know, at a trot, at a light trot, but peaceably and in control and do that, you know, basically all the way from, that's what they did, all the way from Texas to, um, they did that to the Midwest, to Kansas City. They used to before they had adequate train cars and then it got a lot easier, but still, you still had to move them. And to this day, they still have to move them. But they're cattle. And that's what consumers are. And that's what you are thought of as. Disposable cattle. That's it. Nothing more. And they get real irritated when you get uppity. And you start protesting. And that could lead to a stampede. And they want to do things to break up the stampede, to calm your asses down, to get you back in your grazing area, let's say, or back in your corrals or your pins. Calm your ass down. Give you some more liquor, whatever it takes. Calm your ass down. Get you sedated and get you grazing again. Let's shuffle your ass into those fast food restaurants or the fast pizza places. Anything, anything at all to just pacify your ass and shut you up. But you're going to do it one way or the other. As far as they're concerned. So again, I'm telling you that as certain conditions get worse, you will be expected to cooperate. And if your ass doesn't, you will find out. You will find out just how damn quickly you do not live in a democracy. It may, the blinders may come off and you'll say, wow, what have I goddamn been living, believing this horseshit for all these years? <clears throat> They're doing exactly what Ernest said. And they'll do anything to try to avoid it. Because they don't want, on front page news of the world in America, they don't want massive techniques of oppression and suppression to be front page everywhere all over the world. After all, this is America. We don't do things like that. We don't subjugate people. Really? Talk to any Native American person, or Indian if you will, who's living on most reservations today. Talk to them a little bit about U.S. history and what they do and what they don't.
They will tell you. And there's so many other people that will tell you. But the important thing is we are not quite at that point yet. We're just not. But we're going to get there because even they cannot ignore certain resource realities. And those resource realities are coming home. So to put this in other words, the natives are getting restless. And they don't like it when the natives are getting restless. Because all the things that they've come up with for all these years, particularly in the last 20 to 30 years, and I mean, they've taken, they have right now adult men and women that are sitting around a fucking couch playing video games with their fingers up their ass. At least as far as when they're not using them to push buttons or what have you. Anything. And I mean anything as a distraction to keep them grazing. No thinking at all. But, you know, as these realities of this start setting in, like even that, that slop-ass pizza from one of the mega bigwig pizza places that are actually, in reality, an abomination to pizza, and the price even on those is just getting out of hand and ridiculous, or their fast food bill. And the list goes on and on and on. They're feeling the squeeze. Even they, they can't ignore that. That and all of that, in addition, that's even if they have a fucking place to live. So you got sometimes, <clears throat> just like in other parts of the world, such as in south of the border, <laughs> yeah, Two sets of families living in one shithole apartment. But they've got cable. And they've got dominoes. And they've got, uh, you know, um, whatever other trinkets, shiny things to keep them entertained. All of the people too busy to understand that there's eight or ten people living in a fucking apartment for two and even that rent is ridiculous and going up every six months or less, depending. So that's what I'm talking about. Talking about these realities, these things that are just rapidly creeping in. And so, what I am trying to say is you can be a... Um, you could either be a denier, um, which requires a different mindset, a different skill set. Or you can be just downright, I don't know, blind. I don't know, borderline stupid. I don't know. I don't know exactly what to call that. And uh, just completely being, you're so indoctrinated and so entranced to all of this that's going on that you just can't even conceive it any different. I was in my um, travels 
this day. And I was at a big box um, hardware center place. And uh, I know the local people. And uh, they know me. I know them. And we were just talking. And this guy was really frustrated. He said he'd been... You know, he'd been listening to my show, and and he asked me a question that really inspired this. And, and I told him, I said, I would, I would talk about this. And he says, please, you know, somebody's got to say something. And I said, okay, you know. I said, I've, I've talked about it before, but if you want a fresh spin on it, sure. And um, <clears throat> he says, what... Where is my motivation? What am I supposed to do? And so, as though he was afraid to talk, to be more specific. And I said, you know, I'll, you know, I'll call him Bob. Not his actual name, but I'll call him Bob. I said, I said, you know, you're you're being kind of ambiguous. I don't know if you're afraid to talk. It's like, look, it's it's me. It's just Ernest. I mean, you know, I won't mention any names, but you know, what exactly do you mean? He said. I feel that I'm doing all this for nothing, that I'm being ripped off. And I said, that's one of the clearest perceptions, Bob, that I've heard in a long time. Because you know what? So, not only do you feel that way, but hundreds of thousands of other working Americans feel the same way because what was once a uh, a societal bargain an agreement that we had that there actually existed that we had an un, unofficial agreement on certain aspects of life <clears throat> not broken but actually that were carried through. If you did A, B, and C, barring any catastrophe that might happen, you were, you were more or less guaranteed to get D. In other words, people, especially as they get older, we're not talking about a very young person working their first, second, or perhaps even third job, and they're not even 25 years old yet. We're not talking that. We're talking, you know, once you go beyond that, because you get to a certain point and you have to make plans. You have to get more serious. Where is this taking? Where is this career taking me? Or do I have a career? Or do I want a career? There's a lot of things that you need to make decisions on because it all comes down to resources. In this case... The resource I'm talking about, quite literally, is your time. The moments that you have left in your fucking life. That is, yes, that is also a resource. So how you spend that, how you choose to, should be in your hands. But increasingly, it's not. And people are resentful. And this man was explaining to me, he says, he's just looking at me. I'm in this story. He says, what am I doing this for? I've been doing this for 12 years. 
I've been doing this for 12 years. I don't have shit to show for it. I said, I understand. Back when things were very different in my youth, I said, I completely and totally understand because it, that is a, that is a, a malfunctioning. That is a breakage. What's occurring? That is a breakage of the social contract. You are not supposed to be or have to be a greeter at a greeter slash security person, you know, working your golden years at a, at a fucking Walmart when your feet hurt. And you, and you know, granted, just stand around there, but you know, different doing that when you're 20 versus when you're 60, 70, or older. You're not supposed to because all of these things that were supposed to be part of the social contract were not fulfilled. And now, increasingly, they're not going to be fulfilled. And there are so many people that are pissed. So the question, again, becomes full circle. Either you believe that, in other words, the ship can be saved or it can't. And if it can't, and it looks to me as though unless there are some very, very drastic measures taken, and I mean very quickly, if that is not the case, then you have to have a plan B. You have to. Or you're going to go down with the ship. And when that happens, it ain't pretty. If you think things are bad now, you haven't seen anything yet. <laughs> so, that is why I'm telling you this, because you have to ask yourself, what do you want to do? In other words, I don't know how else to spell this out to you, because there are things I can say, but there are things for various reasons that I am not allowed to say to you. Even on this program. If you want to know more, you know how to reach me. That's all. If you want to know more specifically what I am talking about, you know how to contact me. Because I'm telling you, I am one of those people, to the absolute best of my ability, you can best believe I'm going to have my uh, emergency boat. And the nice thing about doing things that way is that, and you're hoping, you're hoping, I'm hoping I'm wrong. In this case, that's the whole point. I'm hoping I'm wrong, 
but I don't think I am. And so, for that reason, you have to have a plan to prepare for those kind of potential potentialities. And if, you know, I don't know about you, but I could say that I, quite honestly, I am one of those people, I will try to, within reason, I believe that people should help other people as as much as is reasonable. You know, some people, you know, give, give you the shirt off their back kind of thing. Fine. But the one thing I don't believe in is helping anyone who is unwilling to do even a damn thing for themselves. No. Not going to do that. And then when the inevitable problems hit, when the storm comes and you told them and told them and they laughed and laughed you off and just kept on Whatever the, you know, life just ignored you, kept fucking laughing. <laughs> You've got to be kidding me, Ernest. Everything, all get, you're just crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then when the storms of life happen, then they're whistling and singing a different tune and begging and crying. I don't know. Why didn't I listen to you? Oh, I'm so sorry. Please help me. Like the drowning person. Nope. Fuck you. You know why? Because there are so many other people who were interested, who did care. You didn't. And now, you're paying the price. And so, to that person, to that working guy at the big box home center, Bob, I hope that this answers your your question. And... Um, that's my that's my most sincerest response about you know what's going on and, and where we are because one thing there if there's anything that's true I'll leave you with this if there if you have learned anything from my program from listening to me and then watching what's going on with the government and Washington, if you've seen any of the striking differences between what is said and what is done, if you learn anything, just remember this, as far as the government, either being willing or able to help you when this happens, it's not going to happen. The only thing they're going to do is put your ass in place in a lockdown security situation because that's all they want is security for them for them and why is this because the truth of the matter is when it comes to your 
liberty, let's say, or your well-being or the well-being of your family, the government, the U.S. government doesn't give a shit biscuit. Take care. So what did you think of this episode? You can go on over to theearnestmanshow.com, find this particular episode number, and leave a comment for me and the rest of the world just below the player in the comments section. And additionally, unlike platforms such as this, I do not treat you or want to treat you as a child. I don't want to tell you what language you can use. I don't want to prescribe what are good words or what are mm, those bad words. I want you to have the freedom to express yourself exactly the way you wish. Until next time, this is Ernest Mann reminding you that there are no bad words, only bad actions.